Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. All right, we are here for a very special episode of the front office. It's me, Sam Lachow. Here with Bam, who you hear weekly, with Eve discussing all things Brooklyn Nets. But right now, we got to get down to business because tomorrow is one of my favorite days of the year. I'm assuming it's one of Bam's favorite days of the year. Um, it's the NFL draft, and we got to talk about the Giants and everything they got going on. But first, Bam, how you doing? How you feeling about the Giants overall? The off season? Are you pumped for tomorrow? Well, I'm feeling great, and as our fearless leader would say. New York City's. <laughs> we are 24 hours away from the draft. Let's talk about it. And then, like, his song comes on. Exactly. Oh, my brother, same thing. <laughs> you know, I don't even know what song it is. Um, but, yes, uh, the NFL draft. I'm a, I'm a draft guy. I've I, I loved it probably now for, like, 15 years. Pretty much since the Eli draft when I really started paying attention to it. Yep. I was like, wow, this is, like, awesome. And then as the NFL Network came on and there was more coverage to it, that they hooked me. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And yeah, we spoke a little earlier about kind of what we wanted to touch on. Uh, we both did uh, dueling mocks of PFF that we'll get to. But to start, where do I feel about the Giants now? Um, well, I think the most important thing is I believe in the head coach. I do think they got the judge hire correct. Um, I think the, the roster, excluding the quarterback, is probably the most optimistic I've been about it. In a few years, because they're young, it seems a little bit more organic. Um, but this could also go south quickly. Um, how do you feel about Judge? Are you a Judge guy? I'm definitely a Judge guy. I've always been super nervous, and I don't, I don't like to get into my negativity about the Giants, but it's it's hard. It kind of it, it seeps out of me quickly. Um, They've sunk, so it's, it's been fair to be negative, too. Yeah, there, and there really hasn't been much to be positive about. And, and I think what really bothers me is I think that, like, Gettleman is obviously in a more precarious state right now than Judge, and I never like being in the situation that we saw the Jets being in forever when the, a GM comes out, a coach comes in, a coach goes out, a GM comes in, and you don't really have any continuity between the GM and the coach. Like, now the Jets have finally, right. it seems right. like, have gotten it right with Douglas and Sala. With, with Douglas actually picking their guy. So I'm, I, I mean, it, it's weird because I don't like Gettleman and I don't think he's the guy that's going to bring us to the promised land, but I also in a weird way kind of need him to stick because who knows if a new GM would ever stick with judge if he ever left. So it's a, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a weird, it's definitely a weird spot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely, definitely a big judge. Fan. So Gettleman, yeah. yeah Gettleman knows this is kind of a make or break year. And I think he kind of, you can almost see it through free agency. He knew that he had to basically spend next year's money this year. Um, and look, by any measure, you would say that in theory, on paper, they have gotten better. I don't think I don't think any of us would argue that going from Tate to Gali is an, an improvement. Yeah. But we've seen this before with free agency. Last year's class was a hit. You know, Dave's prior free agency had not worked out. Solder, Omame, Tate. Um, and I think the Giants are really paying for a lot of Gettleman's 
sins from the first two years. Um, but, but I do think in his defense, I think part of that Saquon pick, a lot of that I think was organizational. I don't, I don't think they wanted the quarterback. I think he was kind of boxed into something there. I can't prove it. And he's gotten better over the last couple of years. Um, but his draft picks this year, it's all about Jones and Thomas. These guys have to now perform. Saquon, these are his picks. He's got another draft class coming in. If it doesn't happen now, it's hard to see when it would happen. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I totally agree. I mean, I was really happy that they – I mean, look, like, to, to say that I'm, like, an O-line expert, like uh, like a Robert Mays or Jeff Schwartz, whoever, like, I'm obviously not going to say that. I was I was happy that they picked Thomas with the fourth pick last year, whether it was Thomas or Beckton or Wirfs, whoever. I mean, it, I mean, so far it looks like Thomas. Yeah, might I was, be. last year's draft was kind of like – it seemed like everybody had their own preference. So yeah, I was just, just like, like, just draft who you think is best. Yeah. Totally. You know, he did I, perform the worst. <laughs> I, I love that they – look, I, I really liked – I know he was hurt for some of the year. I liked that they kind of did a, a redo of Landon Collins and took another safety from Alabama with McKinney, and I think he could still be good. Um, they obviously continued to go uh, with the line with uh, uh, Pert from UConn and also Lemieux from uh, Oregon. But so, I mean, it, it's funny. I mean, we're, 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 uh, we are uh, beating around the bush about, about what we want the – the Giants do. Do you have any words about what you think first before we get into the draft? Because obviously that's the the big topic about the uh, the off season. And in terms of, I mean, obviously the Galladay thing was the uh, was the big signing. So getting I, getting a, the cornerback was big. Galladay. Yeah, I was ha- very happy with Galladay. I love the Kyle Rudolph signing. Um, Interesting. Okay, I, was, a, I didn't understand it as much. Good, Why did you like it? Just a good football player who's been a part of a team that has been winning Super Bowls. But the Vikings have been, like, consistently good. Um, and I think sometimes when you just go from a player that's talented but maybe unreliable to just a solid, reliable player, that's an upgrade. I think they signed him based on the money they're paying. I, I would expect him to have snap Ingram because um, he's kind of more of what they're looking for from that position. So I was happy with that. Uh, I was happy that we signed Leo. And, you know, Dory Jackson is one of those things. They, they probably overpaid. But, like, it doesn't really matter if he's, like, a solid number two corner. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. So it, it's hard to not get these moves. But, again, we've seen this before where it doesn't always work out. Yeah, it's funny. I, I went back and forth in terms of how I felt about Galladay because I know that uh, obviously people want them to draft one of the three receivers um, with their with their first pick in the first round – or with their first round pick. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I – I, I didn't really know what to, I didn't I honestly feel like with this with this specific offseason, um, I really feel like I don't have a vibe on on where exactly it was. I mean the Galladay I mean I think of Galladay more so from a fantasy sense where he's like a nightmare because you never know if he's playing any week. Um, and <laughs> right. and, uh, and and look like I mean Leo had a great year. I still think that trade was kinda asinine at the time when it happened, but like it, I mean Gettleman basically I mean, look, I, look. The, the, I can't, I can't get too far on. Uh, can't get too mad about uh, about Leo because he was awesome last year and like he was. Look, he look. The they gave him a third and fifth round pick for. They gave right. They gave him third. They gave him a third and fifth round pick for him, and then it kind of probably left to them having to pay too much like, to acquire him. But he's arguably the best player in the team. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. No. Like, exactly. Fourth so round choice, and, and where they where they were talent wise, I understood it because they were like, we can't. We're not going to hit all these doubles and triples in the second and third round, if we can get a guy that we think is a triple who's a 
yeah, he's an independent appraiser. We can control his rights. We kind of make him, make him have to stay here. I, I, I thought it was the right gamble at the time. And I, I, his play definitely was a, a, a cat, you know, feather and got him a cat. So I actually think you brought up a really interesting point, uh, which will be our last one before we get into the draft, which is it, it is – I, I do think that the Maras clearly had such an emotional tie to Eli and Gettleman clearly wanted to have this job and had ties to the organization. So I'm sure he wanted to do whatever the Maras wanted to do and wanted to appease them. And it is interesting because I do think in the post Eli world, he has done way better. I just thought his moves that he made towards the beginning of his tenure were so egregious and I was they so over Eli. They, they were half that. He traded JPP to trade for Alec Ogletree. Right. right. So, like, if you, you seem to be signaling a rebuild, but so you traded JPP, then you trade for Ogletree, who's w- worse than, like, the same age. Right. Then you sign Solberg. The following year, you sign Golden Tate, like, older declining players. Right, you trade their back process, on. You hope this has to do with Judge, hopefully, but their process, at least starting back last year, has made much more sense. Bradbury Martinez were young players. They signed to three-year deals. Galladay, a younger player. Dory Jackson, a younger player. So, Leonard Williams, a young player. Like, middle of their career, like, hitting their second contract. Players. Um, so, it's just, it's had, it seems like they've had a more coherent plan. Even on the field, they look more organized. And I do get a sense that, like, the players have kind of bought into this. And there's the best aura around the team that they've had in a while. Yeah, I do agree. I, I definitely think they, I definitely think that, um, that the vibe around them is great. Uh, and I think that, and look, I mean, it can't go without saying having a, a coach that the players buy into, it means more in this sport than any other sport. And it, it's, it's the, the most, most important coach is the football coach. It's so, all right. So let's, so let's get into it. So the giants got, have the 11th pick in this draft tomorrow night. Um, we obviously know what the, uh, what the, what the rival jets are going to be doing. What do you, uh, what do you all right, let's let's put it this way. What do you want them to do? What do you th- and what do you think they're going to do? I'll, I'll save. Well, okay. So I think you have to look at the roster overall and, and what's going to be available at the positions that make sense. So you figure one of the Alabama receivers will probably be there. Um, you would think. I'm hoping Rashawn Slater's there. Rashawn Slater's the guy that I want. Yep. I want, I want, I want another offensive lineman. Yep. Um, I, I feel better about the other units, but it, they're they're rolling a lot of dices on that offensive line. Um, that a Thomas is good. Parrot is good. We, we kind of know what Hernandez is. Lemieux. That's a lot of dice rolls. I'd like to add another body in there with a high asset. Um, so they definitely have to take one to me within the first two rounds. Someone that can come in and legitimately start. Um, there's been talk of them going corner, which at first I hated. But a part of me is like, at what point are the Giants going to create some sort of strength on their team and not just try to fill their roster out with, you know, plugging holes? And if you looked at the secondary with Bradbury and Jackson, they have Logan Ryan Peppers. You have Xavier McKinney, who the Giants obviously have high hopes for. You have Darnay Holmes. If they added Patrick Sertain or they added J.C. Horn there, you actually would be able to point to a unit on the Giants and say that could be one of like the top five units in the league, you know, for what they play. Totally. So that makes some sense to me. Receiver, it's like I'm not going to be mad, but it's just like I really wanted to go defense or, or, or that offensive line. What, what about yourself? So 
I'm, I'm happy because I'm in the. Cause I think you know your shit, and I I feel the exact same way. I am very much. I am very much hoping that uh, that they go offensive line with Slater. Obviously, it seems like there's little to no chance Sewell drops out of the top like seven yeah. or eight. Um, so I mean, th- that's where I'd want them to go. Uh, I mean, do I like? It, it's funny because look the. Everything about Devontae Smith is, like, unbelievably intriguing, and I actually think he's a guy that can really help a young quarterback, whether that's Jones or whether that's someone else in a couple of years. Uh, he, I mean, he always finds a way to get open. He, everyone says he's a, a great kid. I, I was listening to uh, some podcast that said a stat that he basically had um, the best catch percentage when he was, when he was hit at the line. So he's just like – so for all the talk about him being whatever he is, like – six feet 160 or whatever uh, whatever his measurables ended up being like the dude is tough and knows how to get open and I think that is obviously incredibly important and well and but you know at the end of the day like this line has been a work in progress now for five years and it's right it's got to get right and that's and that's and that's where this stuff starts you know so uh, like I have a hard time I have a hard time with them not getting up getting alignment especially because like at a certain point, man, like I like you know, you you have Barkley, you have Galladay. I mean, look, she- Shepard's never on the field, but you, you have Slayton. Whatever you think Ingram is, whatever you think like Rudolph is, like it, we got. I mean, j- if Jones is running for his life, though, none of this really matters. So right, and, and, and the, the draft, draft doesn't, doesn't end, end at eleven. You know, typically receivers are available that can maybe they're not going to be star players. But they, but they can, can contribute, contribute for you. You, you know, know if, 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 if when Shepard is out, you're at least a viable replacement. You're not throwing Austin Mack in a game. You know, who's just not who's just not a Netherfield player. Um, so I think I think we're both in agreement that Sewell's our top choice. Um, and there's probably like a 50 percent chance he's there, maybe even less. If he's not there, let, let's talk about the receivers. So everything. I'm not going to reiterate what you said about Smith, right? I, I agree. Are you a Waddle guy or a Swift guy? I actually like Waddle better. So, so I guess we're also under the impression that that uh, that that Chase will be gone because I know he's been linked to the Bengals. Yes. Guy. Yeah. Which. Yeah. He, he would be a no, he would be a no brainer. I, I would take him over Slater just because I think he's a better prospect. Yeah, like I, was, I, I was I was thinking about that. What I would difference. do because Chase obviously has like this big time play. Uh, and he just seems like he could just be a, a stud off the bat. I think between I think between Smith and Waddle, I'd probably go with uh, with Smith just because I actually think that he, uh, I think for, for everything I've I've read about him and watched about him, like what, what's so funny is you actually look at some of the uh, some of his numbers in, in some of the big games, um, not even this past year, but two years ago when they had Rugs. Um, and Judy and obviously Waddle on the team, and he was still like the number one guy, like number one guy. It was yeah, separating no, his, himself. His numbers are preposterous. And so, and there's something about him. I was listening to a podcast where uh, Rosillo actually said he was like, you know, like there's something about him where he's his body is nothing special, but like every time you watch him, he's opened. And for right. me, that's like I think that's basically the best trait you can have. And look, Waddle is also a burner, so he he has that as well. But I like Waddle. And this is strictly off of like highlight tapes. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I love his ability to catch the ball and like immediately turn up field and run with it. Yep. Um, and Smith for me, you know, great player, but like he would be an outlier um, in terms of his body weight. And yep. I, I don't trust like the Giants to like get that right. 
Yeah, they, and they like the Giants to really like uh, the big guys. But uh, what but yeah, scares so me is I think they're gonna. I I, I think they're going to reach on an edge rusher unless Slater is there. And I think they're going to rationalize it by saying we have the 11th pick. We're going to be taking what we believe is the, the number one rated pass rusher, edge rusher, whatever you want to call it, in the draft. At the 11th pick, based on the position and you know the scarcity of these players, where they get paid, it's going to meet the value um, at the selection. I, I think they just look at that. It's, a, it's probably the biggest hole in the team. And I think they're going to reach for somebody like Quiddy Pay or – you know, Ojolari or something like that. Maybe even Phillips if they will to look past the concussion stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Everything that I've, like, literally what you said is what all, I mean, all the, like, the writers that I trust that are smart, like, basically echoed your sentiment just now, which was basically, like, even though the Giants have a needed edge, they they should not be using it in the first round unless you're unless you're trading back, which, as we know, like, I'm not, I'm not going to hold my breath on that happening. So... It just it just seems like talent wise, there's too much of a gap for them to pick there. I mean, look, but we've seen Gettleman obviously pick whoever he thinks he should pick in that spot, as we saw with uh, Jones and who and, uh, and, and and even Thomas. Some people thought probably they could have uh, could have moved back a little bit for. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting from that perspective. And I don't know. I mean, I, like I, I mean, look, I'm I'm at the point where I kind of think about football the way like Belichick does, and that the game is just won on the on the both sides of the line. And so, I'm happy to sure up whatever, however we have to do that. I'm happy to do that. And I also think that's the bread and butter of how the Giants win games. And so, right. getting getting an edge rusher, it's the, it's the identity of the franchise. Yep, exactly. So that's why. Look, I, so we're in agreement. Obviously, Sewell or Slater. And then if not, then I think we're getting into a little bit of shaky territory. Um, I mean, I've, I don't know if you've heard it. It seems like the entire brass for the Giants is pretty torn. Like some some of them want Smith. Some of them want Slater. Some of them want Parsons. It seems like it's pretty all over the place. It doesn't seem yeah. like it's even split between two guys. And you know, it's funny. That's the reports. But in reality, they probably know exactly who they want. They probably know for weeks. Sure. No, no, no. I mean, it, it's true. I mean, look, like, I mean, for, for, for all we know, the first five, six, for, for all we know, everyone keeps saying this draft's going to be crazy, but the first five or six picks might be complete chalk or even more. Uh, what do you, you want them to hit? Like, the, the, to me, like, the draft really ends, like, the fourth round. You don't even have a fifth round. I'm a fifth rounder this year, so I've kind of researched it as much as I can up to the fourth round, obviously, in decreasing whatever tension, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping they hit offensive line within the first two rounds. Yep. And I like that. Whatever they do, whatever order it is, I prefer to be defense. The other pick, I can't be mad if they go receiver. But they go receiver in round two, one. To me, they have to go offensive line in round two. They can't wait to the third round. I wouldn't even be mad if they went all line in rounds two and three. Kind of clustered there. Just threw bodies at it. Yeah. Um, so the positions, I would say, definitely an edge. Uh, maybe another down lineman, offensive line. Corner receiver, you know, maybe even a running back. Um, what about you? Yeah, I mean, so like one of the guys that stuck out for me a little bit, which when I did uh, some of these PFF simulators, who like if they don't go receiver early, I do think like getting uh, like Elijah Moore from Mississippi could be interesting, just to get like a guy who seems like he just catches whatever comes his way, and right. and uh, and I and I think for like a guy like Jones who is not like the most accurate guy in the world it would that, would that that could be something nice but 
I mean, it's tough. I mean, like, there's obvious. It, it does seem like the draft, even in like the second and third rounds, does have a lot of linemen. Like, uh, I know Little from Stanford is someone who I've seen get brought up, uh, get brought up later, as well as uh, now I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Le- Leatherwood and yep. uh, Dickerson from Alabama. Yep. Um, a lot, what's this? This is a center from Mississippi. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, yeah, there's definitely gonna be players there. So if they don't take one in round one, I'm not gonna panic or, or even be mad necessarily, but I'll be very angry if round two is over and it's not an offensive line on the scene. Yeah, I mean, look, I, like I just think, and 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 so I'm so I'm curious. So where where are you at from a from a one to ten? Where are you at in terms of? Um, in terms of, of your feel on on Jones, are you in like if he has like I'll give you different scenarios. If he has obviously if he has a great year, we're all on board. Whatever. If he has like a decent year or like a mediocre type year, are you jumping ship or are you sticking with him for for year four? Obviously, I know next year the draft isn't supposed to be loaded as much with quarterbacks, unlike this year. Um, and it's obviously, to say you know you know you always have to see it with your eyes, right? No, totally. You know, with with, with Jones, I'm you know I'm hoping he can enter the tier of guys like Tannehill and right. Cousins and play at that level, or you know, or approach that level this year, where you say, okay, you know, he had the same system two years in a row. He matured a little bit. Uh, the talent around him has improved. You know, you can, but right now, you know, I, I think like. It's hard to say that I'm like a Jones believer. Yeah, I mean that's how I feel. I mean, like what I what I don't like to see is I don't love the talk of like we have to put as much around them as possible to see what works. Like I think you draft for what makes your team better, and like if it's not going to work with him, it's not going to work with him. Which is why I think this idea of like loading up on weapons and all that stuff I think is is kind of asinine. Like he like he assuming Barkley's healthy and assuming. Galladay is healthy, and I mean, like Shepard. Sh- Sh- I'm not going to do any assumption for because that's out of the picture. But like, even I know what you're saying. Though, there's, there's enough there where he should be able to put together a solid campaign. Yeah, and it's just like if you're not going to do it, like like this team doesn't need to have uh like uh, Chase and Smith and Gall. Like it's you know what I mean. It's like you're you're going to know or you're going to know. Like there are other there are other quarterbacks who are starting up. Like I mean, Herbert obviously had weapons last year, but he was also making do. Like Eckler missed most of the year. Like you just you you roll with the punches, and if you're good, you're good. Yeah, and their, their line sucks too. Yeah, so it's so it's one of those things where look the, the the line, which is why the line is something that it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. Like you can like it. Look, these guys will hopefully be here forever, and uh, and it's and it's been an issue with the franchise forever and or at least for like five or six years now. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's something that even if they need to restart, part of what probably would have made Jones or even the end of Eli's term better would have been if the line was good. So, like, one way or another, I think there's right. nothing wrong with drafting um, drafting linemen. But I also thought you made a good point about, like, it, like if there was a corner, let's say, I, I mean, you obviously mentioned you are talking about Sertan and Horn earlier, but, um, right. I mean, I do, think it, I do think there is something about the Giants having elite um, part of the field just covered because right now the, the the defense overall is good, but you wouldn't necessarily say any specific part is elite. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you feel specifically in terms of where to address, what to address on on defense, or is it really for you just specifically like edge rushers? So, like to me, I would I would be I would feel much happy, like safer if they went with one of the corners at eleven over one of the edge rushers. Yeah. And while like that's not not the position I want them to get because I would prefer an offensive lineman, 
to me, it's better value than a receiver there. Um, there's always you're always in a position where you can get receivers. Like if they're picking 19th next year, they'll probably be a good receiver on the board. Like they should definitely be thinking of like getting the best player, like not just getting a receiver because you're trying to help Jones out. Don't reach on the third offensive lineman over the first corner on your board. Like just take the best player, and that, you know now you have that's how you build strengths. You know because you're, you're drafting what you think are difference makers. One guy we haven't discussed, um, and I would be for him if they clear his personality, it would be Parsons. Yeah. So, so what, like, so, yeah, so what's the, I mean, I guess, so what's the, what's the, th- is, is, is the Parsons issue right now just mostly off the field stuff or do you, or do you think there's yeah, other Yeah. So he had like, like, he had like the hazing. Yeah. Allegations at Penn State. Like apparently like he's like a jerk. Yeah. You know, um, I heard, that, you know, so big blue kickoff live, I get it. John Schmoke's some credit. He does a great job with the, uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live and the Giant Huddle Podcast. They always have good guests on for the draft. They do a great job with the draft coverage. The uh, Tino's a homer and Lance Meadows insufferable, but the show itself, they get they get good guests on there. They had a couple people on that were like, you know, I talked to people and they said like, this kid's like a just like a jerk. Like he's an intense person, 24-7. They almost compared him to like Russell Westbrook. They said he was like abrasive. Um so there's things, but like you know, he's he's a very good player. You put him in the front seven, next to Martinez. Now again, you have a strength. You have good, yeah, you know, good inside linebackers uh, in front of some solid defensive linemen. You know, so I could see that, but I, my my guess is after what happened with Baker and Odell, they're probably going to be like, let's let's go the safer route. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, look, you know what actually is funny, which is uh, one thing uh, I wanted to mention. I think every time we we go through this. Um, the, the day before the day or two days before the draft, everyone's like, you know, like which quarterback's going to fall, yada, yada, yada. And like, I think at the end of the day, there's a pretty good chance that a lot of the guys that we've been talking about in the first round for the Giants are available. Cause like, you just have to, I mean, there's a ton of teams that have needs. And I just like, in, in this day and age, I have a hard time believing that someone doesn't trade up for, let's, I mean, assuming Jones, Mac Jones goes to the 49ers, like, I have a hard time imagining that no one. In from four to ten is is trading up for Lance or or, or if any of the teams that are there are just gonna draft Fields and uh, and Lance. Which, right. So, so I think what, what really helps the Giants is the fact that it looks like Jones is gonna go third because yeah. I think if that were Fields or Lance, teams are less likely to trade up for Jones. Totally. Not a few guys point. that someone might actually like actually take yep. or trade up for. Uh, I think those guys are more attractive. I mean, I don't know what the Forty ers are thinking. I guess you got to give Shanahan. It's incredible. Like he feels like Daniel Jones. He, that's what he, like the kind of like prospect it feels like. Like when the Giants took Jones, people are like, yeah, like, he's good, but like he's Daniel Jones from Duke. And you know, just like Mac Jones kind of has a similar aura around him. Where like, I don't think I'd be excited if I was not a fan about selecting him. Yeah, I mean, so like I'm just, I mean, uh, obviously we've talked about the first round, but it is interesting to kind of to to pick out. Like if you assume one through three is going to be a QB, and then you probably assume that. Um, I mean, I guess there's a chance that the Falcons trade out of the fourth spot, but they've also been linked to Pitt so much that that who knows? I mean, you and and it also seems like the Cowboys, for example, have like basically been penciled in for Sertan for a while now. So you're not talking about right. that many, and you know that, and you know. I mean, first of all, like I mean, I think if Pitts fell to the Giants, obviously, I think they probably probably take him. But um, I, I, I think I, you know I, that three quarterbacks are going to be gone. Pitts, Sewell, and Chase are going to be gone. Sertan will probably be gone. Yeah, we uh, I think at least what, like two or three picks left, and then 
Right. If you get one more quarterback in the mix, you know, that's how they can get the guy that's ready to fall to them. Yeah, and, and that's why – I mean, look, for, like, for all we know, I mean, receivers also keep on going higher and higher every year. Um, I think I – think, uh, I mean, I mean, the order of them is totally out of whack. Like, no one thought Ruggs was going to be the first one taken last year, but, um, right. but, but I, I could even see like people moving around for that. Especially like, I mean, I think that the Eagles, obviously, I think are probably waiting on pins and needles to see what the Giants do um, with uh, with that pick. But even uh, them, like, they could leap, they could leap them, you know, to take a receiver that they think the Giants are going to take, and that pushes a lot. Maybe the Panthers and A were going to take a line, but they they move that. They move behind the Giants. They traded their pick to the team that wanted a quarterback. Right. They're going to need something like that to happen. And obviously, if the, the Bengals don't take Sewell, that helps too because that pushes him further down, which obviously then pushes Slater down. Who have the? I mean, from what you've seen, who have uh, who have the Lions been linked to the most? So I've seen Sewell, uh-huh. and then I've also seen either like if, if he goes to the Bengals. Assuming Pitts goes fourth, another you know chase to the Dolphins. Yep. I usually see one of the receivers. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah, because then I mean the because the the Panthers Broncos the nine ten is I mean or eight nine sorry is I mean it, it's funny McShay was on I was listening to McShay yesterday and he said the Panthers are still like totally obsessed with Fields even with the Darnold trade. Then why, the, the, why the hell did they trade for him before the draft? Why didn't they just I guess they were afraid somebody else would swoop in, but. I guess, but yeah, like, I, I mean, don't get yeah, that. Which is weird. I mean, I think, like, I think, the, I mean, and, and I think the Bridgewater trade doesn't affect the Broncos at all. Um, so I think, I mean, I would have to think a quarterback's going nine and eight. I feel like someone's either going to trade up or nine. It seems like the Cowboys are locked in at ten. So I, I do think right. there's a pretty good shot. Just going back to because obviously me and you both wanted Slater. I think there's a, I think there is a decent shot he's there, um, which would which would obviously be great. It'll depend on the quarterbacks. Yeah, it's going to totally depend on the quarterbacks. Um, I, like honestly, if I was betting, which I know the draft prop bets are like completely insane this year. Um, unfortunately, New York does not uh, doesn't have mobile uh, gambling yet. Um, but but I, I I think I would probably bet on honestly five of them going in the fir- in the first nine. But uh, I hope so. That would be a big help. But uh, but anyway, so in terms of like the second, third, and fourth round, what guys I guess uh, jumped out of you because. Uh, Full, full discretion. I mean, Bam knows more about the draft than than uh, than I do. I'm I, I'm usually up on it, but the combination of school and whatnot, I'm 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 a little uh, I'm a little behind where I usually am. So who have who have you so, seen you know, second? Let's actually let's, let's actually, actually go let's, let's actually, actually go through the mock because what I did was I wrote down like who I was choosing from yep. in each slot yep. so that you know we could just I'll add that context in through there. Yep. Um, so we both did it on PFS mock simulator, so we didn't make just make up who we could select. Um, so the first pick I chose between Waddle, Horn, and Slater, and obviously you've covered that I took Slater. Yep. I did, I did the, uh, I, I did the same thing. I, I had between like Slater and Smith, uh, and Horn and I chose Slater. Okay. Uh, so 42, I chose between Diane Brown, receiver from North Carolina, uh, Lander Dickerson, who's the center guard from... Alabama, Alex Leatherwood, who's the, center, the guard tackle from Alabama, uh, and Ronnie Perkins. So I like all these guys. I, I really love hard about doubling down on the offensive line and just really trying to throw bodies at it. Yep. Um, but, I, but I want to go with Perkins. He's a DN from Oklahoma, undersized kind of, but he fits in. Like, so if, you, if you're following the draft, 
this is like his value. This is like where he's expected to go. So I figured, you know, we've talked about before, the trenches, the Giants, offensive line, pass rusher with the first two picks. Yeah, so I, it's funny. I was I was pretty similar. I, I I went back and forth as I mentioned. I thought like there was something kind of fun about um, I guess in, in a, a bunch of the simulations that I did. Elijah Moore fell, who um, PFF and like McShay are both pretty high on. They have him as like a top twenty five guy, uh, just overall top twenty five guy. Uh, but Moore was there when I was picking. Uh, Walker Little from Stanford was there. Uh, Perkins was also there. And look, the thing about Perkins, which I think people should know, is that is that. Perkins is basically getting similar ratings to that the ends that are supposed to go in the in the uh, in the end of the first round, like Phillips and stuff like that. So right, I, I think, think at that, that point it's going to be most team choosing based on preference and scheme, not necessarily. I don't think anybody's standing out talent wise. Right. No. Totally. All right. So what you got? What you got in the third round? So third round, um, I was choosing between. Uh, Jameen Davis, he's a linebacker from Kentucky, which I was like, I don't think this guy's going to be here. Like, from what I've seen, he's going to go higher. Like, I almost didn't take him because of that. I was like, this is just not realistic. Um, Jabril Cox, he's a coverage linebacker from LSU. Josh Palmer, uh, he's a 6'2 receiver. He's a big guy from Tennessee. Uh, And Kendrick Green, a guard from Illinois. And I took Cox because I'm not fully sold on the idea of you know, Tay Crowder being the second linebacker, like Reggie Ragland is like a Dave Gunnerman like thumper. He's a John, like a Jonathan Stewart version of linebacker that he signs every year. Like just like this outdated football player. Um, so to, to, this guy's like an inside linebacker, a coverage guy. Apparently he's like terrible, like in the run game because he's pretty small and he gets washed out. He's you know supposed to be the best cover linebacker in the draft. Uh, so I went, I went with him. Yeah, so it's interesting. So in 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 my uh, simulations, I was left in a weird spot because – so uh, Davis from Kentucky was left, which I agree with you. Like everything I've seen does not have him there, and he's by far and away – he's ranked like so much higher than everybody else. And then right. um, uh, Diami Brown from North Carolina was also was also left um, as, as well as Cox. And then it's funny because just based off the grades that I've seen from other – from what other people have gotten, then it just kind of drops. Like uh, the Kelvin Joseph, the cornerback from Kentucky, was there. Kendrick Green, the guard from Illinois, was there. Um, obviously like, I mean, obviously these guys aren't going to have perfect grades, especially as you're getting later in the, uh, in the third round and whatnot. But right. I mean, I agree with you. I don't think Davis is, is there. I did it. <laughs> I did it anyway. Cause I was trying to live in a, in a fantasy world a little bit with it. Um, so that was, that was who I took for that. Well, look, if he is there, I probably, I would hope that they would take him. And I was, right. I was hoping Brown was going to fall to the third round for me. I would have taken Deami Brown if he was there. Yeah. Um, in the fourth round, Palmer and Green were both on the board, and I went with Palmer there uh, just to add another big body wide receiver out there, um, another contested catch guy, red zone threat. Um, you know, I read he's not that fast. He ran like a 4-5. Um, but, again, I'm, I'm basing this off highlight tapes. and like, he had a good highlight tape with, like, some decent rap music in the background. He looked, he looked pretty good on it. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I was between – for the fourth round, I was between uh, – Green from Illinois. It was kind of similar guys that were actually left uh, from the from the third round. It was uh, Kendrick Green from Illinois, Kelvin Joseph, the cornerback from Kentucky, um, also Gowan, a cornerback from uh, from UCF. And you know, like I, I probably would go uh, line here again, given that I given that I I had beforehand, um, especially with the especially if if I would have taken more in the second round. 
I would have wanted to get one more lineman for them. So I uh, I would have gone with Green from uh, from Illinois. But obviously with with linemen, it's, it's it's hard for me to make any type of grade. I'm just hoping these guys are are, are serviceable in this uh, right in, in this bracket. So I, I thought about I thought about Green. My reason for going the, the receiver route was because Slater can play both guard and tackle. I feel like you have enough flexibility there, and even like um, uh, Gates can move out to guard uh, if they do draft a center somewhere here, someone that can maybe take the center jumps, like Landon Dickerson if they went that route. Let's say they couldn't get Slater in round one, they took Dickerson in the second round. He can start in center. You can start Gates to guard. It does give you uh, a few more options. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm actually – so I, I agree with everything you just said. I will um, – I mean, look. I think I think we're in agreement. This has to be a pretty um, trenches heavy heavy draft with maybe like a, a receiver thrown in here and there. And I think we're both on board if they took a if they took a corner. Um, I am I, I am curious. I want to hear your I want to hear your take just because you do know the draft and you uh, and, and it seems like you follow college football so closer than uh, than I do. If, if you were just generally, what would be your your top five ranking of the of the quarterbacks in this draft? Um, Fields, not sorry, not Fields. Uh, Lawrence, yeah, Wilson, probably Fields, Lance, Jones. Okay. I've been I've been trying to I've been trying to trick myself out of thinking that Lawrence is like this like absolutely sure thing. Just yeah, to, well, first off, he's going to the Jaguars, so that's strike one. Right. Um, that he's got he's already working against him. Look, what's happening is the way the game is played, the quarterback position has been watered down in a lot of ways. A lot of these guys are good coming out of college, but we've seen it with the Giants. What happened to Eli on the back end of his career? If the team sucks around you. There's only so much. The There's only a handful of guys typically in the league at one time yeah. that can make where that doesn't matter. Yeah. No. Totally. I mean, look the the Wilson thing. I just have. I mean, especially because we both of us have a lot of Jets fans in our lives. I'm hearing it on like the fan every single day. What people are saying. The Wilson thing. I legit out of all of them, I have zero read on because of the competition he played against. Um, he seems like his with his body he seems a little bit more fragile than obviously a Fields or a Lawrence or a Lance, and he's small. He's like yeah, he and, and he just like it's funny. I didn't I didn't realize he was six two. He looks way smaller to me when he plays. Um, and he looks young. Yeah, and he, yeah, exactly. He looks like a child. He kind of looks like like a country club like douchebag too. Yeah, no, totally. He just like has really like shitty vibes in that way, which is, which is why I'm not surprised that guys like I mean. Obviously, he's also a BYU person, but like Steve Young has been talking him up a ton, um, and right. it's, so it's interesting. I, I just have no like. If you told me he ends up being the best of the bunch, I'd be like okay. And if you told me he was the worst of the bunch, I'd be like all right. I mean, the I do agree with everything you said beforehand about um, like the situation is everything, which is why I think off the bat it seems like if Mac Jones goes to the 49ers, the dude is going right. to put I was up. Just say that. He's going to put up like serviceable numbers playing for Shanahan. Like they already have, a, they all they always have a, a good line. They always have a decent running game. They all they have weapons. They have like an, they have an established culture and system in place. Like, Great tight end. He doesn't have to come in. He doesn't have to come in and change the the culture. Right. And so, whereas like Fields is a guy who I like loved watching. But but definitely got a little bit scared in the Northwestern game because I thought he looked so bad and really looked like he didn't know what was going on. 
Um, but in other games, like if you watch him, even if you watch him against Alabama in the championship game, like where Ohio State couldn't get a stop, and that's really why they lost, like, and a lot of his receivers and running backs had like big mistakes. Like I actually thought he played a really good game against Alabama. And if he were there at eleven, I would want them to take him. They would never do it, but I would. Yeah, I know that's what I. I know, it's funny. I still keep. I still keep thinking about that. But it seems. I mean. I think it, it does seem like most GMs they basically get like a quarterback and maybe and change of, of of their own. And I guess Gettleman had the end of Eli, but but he had enough breathing room to draft one more. And it, and it seems like this would be uh this would be it for him. But look, at the same time, it takes a, it takes a lot for for the Giants to fire people. They do have a little bit of that, especially GMs. They have yeah. a little bit of that Steelers thing with them. <laughs> They're never going to do it, but like I would. But they were on the clock and be like, if I were the GM, I would take Fields here and move on from Jones. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, talk, talk about something that would be uh, a talking point in New York sports radio for what it, what it would tell you is that Joe Judge is taking over the organization. That is true. That I mean, that, that is something I've thought about recently because even like just from the rumors I've heard, and as you mentioned, I like I, I don't know who. Like who knows how real any of these rumors are, but I, like it does seem like it does seem like Judge and Gettleman are not on the same page on this first pick. And I think if teams are smart, especially with a guy like Judge, where the players love him, I would do whatever the fuck he wants. Right, and I would think if I'm Gettleman, I'm trying. I gotta make sure I keep my job here. You want to probably align yourself with the guy who's on firmer ground. Right. You don't yeah. want him going to management and being like, I can't work with Dave. Right. Absolutely. Um. All right. I mean, do you got? Do you have any final, uh, any final points? Where uh... you know, not really. I mean, I, I think you know. Ultimately, you know, they need to get two starters and, and a player who can contribute some snaps this year. Whether it's like a fourth receiver, you know, another corner, a linebacker, anything that you know, somebody that can contribute. They, they have to. If they're looking to make the playoffs this year and be in that contention, they need to supplement what they've done. This offseason, last offseason, and get some guys in there that can contribute right away. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I, I totally agree. I think, I think you do have to take advantage of, of, uh, of windows. And look, the division isn't that good right now. I think people like people are um, hopeful about what the Cowboys are going to be. But I mean, what people forget is that even before Dak got hurt, they sucked. Um, they were one in three, and the, with a the game they won, they had to recover an outside kick, right, against the Falcons to win. Yeah, like they were a disaster, and it seems like McCarthy did not have the the team going at all. Um, and on top of that, right. and you know, on top of that, um, the Eagles seem just like as an organization to be dysfunctional. I mean, it, it, which is why it's funny. I mean, it would be like the, I mean, the Redskins obviously have a great defense, and they have some weapons in uh, in McLaurin and, and Gibson. But I mean, look, anytime you're going against Fitzpatrick, you think that you could lose, and you also think that you could annihilate them. So, and let's be honest, the one team the Giants have been able to beat over the last few years is by the Redskins. Yep. No, exactly. So, yeah, so look, it should be fun. Um, I can't wait. I, I love it. I, I, I always take the Friday after round one off so I can enjoy myself. Night one and then kind of catch up the next day. So I'm looking forward to it. What are you doing for the draft? I think I think maybe just watch with uh, with some with some buds. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that I got I actually got a I got my vaccine today, so I'm 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 hoping that I'm feeling 100 percent for it tomorrow because this is at least one thing that I've been waiting for for a while now. Right, so right. So, uh, so we'll see how I'm doing, but I, uh, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of bars around here where I live, which also could be uh, fun, especially if it's nice out, but, uh, 
but yeah, man, I'm I'm amped. This is a big this is a big moment. I, I it was nice to actually feel like last year they built on uh, on something when that something was really over the last couple of years nothing. And so it was it was fun to see them get better. And when, and when the Giants are playing well, it's just it's it, this this the city's more fun. Oh, come on. I, I, when, when they're good, you look forward all week for the next game. Yeah, no. They, they, they mean, can't have another one of those years where they're fucking 2-7. and seven. You know, 2 and you, know, you can't have the season be over in the middle of October anymore. On top of the fact that the, that the worse they are, the more I focus on fantasy, which I don't even really want to do. It's way more fun when right. I actually, like, have a game to look forward to and I'm not, like, like half-ass interested in every game. Right, exactly. You know, so look. Let's do a uh, recap next week. Yeah, we'll, absolutely. We'll figure out a time, do a recap of what they do, and go be cool. All right. All right. So this has been a special episode of the front office. Um, me and Eve are going to be doing one soon to talk about the Nets after my hiatus, and uh, Bam and uh, Eve will be uh, doing their weekly pod, I'm assuming, this weekend. So uh, catch you guys later, and uh, we'll see how the draft goes tomorrow. See you, Bam. Enjoy. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.